back in on Canuck Central in the mobile Kintech studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. All right, continuing with our exclusive interviews, Brock Besser, who is always a big story at training camp and continues to be sort of a uh, a fulcrum of the Canucks season, um, somebody that can... I think really increase the upside that this team potentially has if Brock plays at his best level. I mean, so the pathway for this team to have a top six that not only is respectable, but is going to win its matchups really hinges on a couple of guys shifting into that way, right? We know Pedersen and Kuzmenko. So Pedersen's going to do his thing. Kuzmenko, if he gets close to 30, I mean, that's a high level line. If you have two guys being close to 30 goals, Besser and Miller together on a line, now all of a sudden, like, you're, you're, you're cooking with some real gasoline well, that here, be, right? You know, like, okay, they, maybe they don't all get to 30 goals, but you could have, there's the potential for four 30-goal scorers on this roster. Can you get, can you get, say, you know, on the first line, and whether it's what, so let's say 40 and 37, can you get like a 90 goals, 80, 80 to 90 goals on your first line? Yeah. Can you get 75 on your second line? Yeah. And if you get a couple of guys that are 27-goal scorers, all of a sudden it becomes a lot easier to get there. And it's going to be hard to have the third guy, you know, be also 20 plus goal scorer. And, and hopefully somebody emerges and does it. But to your point, if you, if Kuzmenko scores at a higher rate and Besser scores at a higher rate, and we know Miller and Pedersen is going to do, do their things. And all of a sudden, like your top six, at least you don't worry about where the goals are going to come from. Yeah. The rest of your lineup. Okay. There's, there's some things you got to figure out, but I think it would be a real sigh of relief for this team. If Brock Besser can be a dangerous goal threat again. Uh, here he is, Brock Besser on Canuck Central. We started it off asking him how he's doing. It's good, yeah. Um, kind of like yesterday, um, we went through some system stuff, uh, some breakouts today, and uh, neutral zone four check. So it was good, and uh, we worked hard, and it was, a, it was a pretty good skate. There seems to be a lot of attention to detail this camp, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think I think it's really important, you know, rather than going out in those preseason games and just playing pond hockey with not a lot of structure, I think it's important to learn that structure now so everyone knows and, you know, play the way, the way we want to play in preseason like we do in the regular season. So, um, you know, I just talked with the other media guys about that. I think it's uh, something that, you know, last year maybe we didn't do as much of, so it's important. So we were talking to Carson Soucy yesterday. I was wondering if you still hold, a, like, a grudge against him for the uh, big NCAA championship a number of years ago. I What are you talking about? I won. <laughs> you beat Carson Soucy in the final? I won my first year. Yeah. He, oh, that's right. Well, you won your first year, but <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Soucy got you back the next year, I guess. Well, I, we didn't play him okay. to go to the championship. Minnesota D- Duluth against North Dakota? No. Okay. No, Denver. I got it all mixed up. <laughs> I got it all mixed up. Yeah, and Soucy was just like lying research. to us then because whatever oh, story we just, just played each other no he's i think he's talking about the nchc playoff okay not the champ well there's a playoff championship right yeah there's like a, a crazy game going back and forth lots of penalties there's probably like 10 power plays a team that's probably what he's talking about <laughs> yeah, and he said he was yeah. injured and he couldn't play so he can't really give you grief for beating you man. oh really yeah of course man the yeah. canadian would be is really showing right now not knowing the college system <laughs> i know man. right it's all right it's all right uh so you know, we know it was. You've talked a lot about it already. The summer you put in and the work you've put in to get ready here. How are you feeling uh, first couple of days of camp? And if the work you put in is is starting to show show out? Yeah, I know. I obviously, you know, we talked about what you know the team and I talked about last year, and you know the switch up we did. I did this summer, and we started workouts a little earlier, and um, 
I don't know. I just I felt like I worked pretty hard this summer, and I feel good right now, and feel good skating out there. And um, you know, I just trying to take it day by day. Um, because obviously, you know, last year camp I felt good, but then I had an unlucky bounce and broke my hand. So um, you know, I'm just trying to get better each day, and um, you know, I've been itching to get back. So you know, this is exciting for me, and I'm ready to go. I know a lot of the guys have, have spoken about tired of losing, time to move forward, but at the same time, it's about like how you apply it. Is there almost a different mindset to kind of turn that disappointment and frustration to success this year? Yeah, I think it's all, you know, I think we can just feel it. I think we all have a way better mindset coming in this camp. And, um, you know, just, I mean, everyone's been saying just take it day by day and we can't, you know, everyone talks about the starts, but like we can't worry about the starts now. We got to focus on what we can get better at today and then tomorrow and, and then keep going like that. And, um, you know, I think if we take care of that and apply what we're learning in the preseason games, we're going to be in really good shape starting starting the year. How does it feel coming into camp this year with the runway you guys have had the last two weeks being together pretty much? And obviously Coach Tockett coming in at the end of last year and really starting to implement his systems then. Yeah, it, it feels way different. And I think it was huge that we got, I think, everyone out. Mm-hmm. the first couple uh, like two weeks ago and started skating together and build that chemistry and um our skills coach ran some pretty good skates so uh that was really nice and then um yeah just with talk I think um just getting him back and uh having him here last year I think it was very important for us and you know just kind of learn who talk is and um he just kind of I think at the end of last year just gave us a, an idea of what what camp was going to be like and really kind of talked about the expectations and you know how we need to continue to get better and you know push each other and and uh really set that standard time does fly this is your set the seventh year you're heading into the nhl longest tenured canuck and you know i mean kyle goes by me we your rookie season was the first year of our radio station so like we all that's kind of how it all kind of came through but one of the things that seems notable from our side is the added depth throughout the organization, and not only with the big club, the guys that are pushing for jobs. Are you seeing a difference in the level of talent this camp compared to previous years as well? Yeah, that's yeah. I think that's a great point. Um, you know, I haven't really thought about it like that, but um, you know, just uh, you know, seeing the prospects, you know, how how well they did in those few games over there, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that shows shows a lot and how deep it is here. And you know, there's a lot of young guys that you know I really haven't seen in the past that are out there and looking really good and um you know guys are you know they're smart and they're keeping up and you know that's important so um it's been good and we got to keep it going how's uh pod colson look the first couple of days here yeah he looks really good um you know he's a guy that works hard at every day he comes to the rink so that doesn't surprise me and he he pushes a pace and um you know he's all we have to tell him that he can't go out too early so he doesn't wreck the ice right now so <laughs> you know that just speaks to who he is it's uh, looking like it's lining up for you and JT to be uh, working as a duo again this year. What When you guys are going right, like what works for you together as a duo? Yeah, I think, you know, we started that, you know, really having that success again, you know, at the end of last year. I thought, um, you know, we had to get the like, last 20 games, I think it was. And, um, you know, when we're playing our best, I think we're getting on the four check. We're not turning pucks over. We're creating those turnovers. And then I think that's where we play our best game, you know, cycling the puck. And, you know, he's so good. Um, when he gets a guy on his back, I just got to get open. He'll find me. So, you know, we're very predictable with each other, and I think that's kind of how we had success. Well, and we know the coaches talk about wall play a lot. And, you know, a few years back, the North Division year, you're one of the top guys in the league in winning board battles. And when you guys are on your game doing that, like how important is it to kind of live off that area but then get into open space from that and being able to work off a guy like JT along the walls? Yeah, for sure. I, you know, I think it's big. And, you know, it's just one of those little details that Todd talks about is winning the board battles, winning those little details. And, um, 
yeah, I mean, you know, when you get on the four check, it sometimes, you know, if you're not on top of them, they can break the puck out easy. But, you know, I think that's why when you, we have our structure and we're on top of them and skating well, that's when we get our turnovers and that's when we have success. So uh, the Jordan Love era of the Packers, <laughs> are you all in? Are you buying it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah They've been pretty the good so uh, let us down last week, but we'll, yeah. we'll regroup. But Jordan Love's look pretty good. Oh, he's good. Impressive. Yeah. Well, he did follow Aaron Rodgers for three years. He should be good. Packers fans have lived such a charmed life. Like, you go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, and now, like, the next guy is already looking good. Well, maybe some of these other teams should take some notes. <laughs> like the Vikings, for instance? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, well, they just need some defense too. Yeah. Well, you said Josh is a big Vikings fan, and we're trying to tell him that you're a Vikings and a Packers fan. Or at least you have you have an affinity for the Vikings. You know, I like I'm, the Packers. I'm more Packers, and I'm starting to dislike the Vikings more just to piss my friends off. So uh, good. <laughs> Brock, really appreciate it, man. Uh, all the best this season. Yeah, thanks, guys. There is Brock Besser on Canucks Central, and man, my Canadian was showing. I have no idea about the. Uh, the college system. Yeah, I mean, hey, t- t- in fairness, Carson Soucy like was like, yeah, I mean, we beat him, and I was he like, ran with it. He <laughs> was like, anytime I can take it over this guy, I'm going to take it. Uh, but there was uh, Brock Besser, and you know, he's, I think, with Brock, you know, similar feeling to a lot of Canucks fans. You know, he wants to show that he could be his best self. Yeah, and much like you know, they're they're tired of talking about Brock being that player. We're all ready to see it from Brock. It's uh it's a very much a show me year for Brock Besser, as we've talked about. Yeah, it really is in a massive way. And like he mentioned too, is he felt really good last year and then the injury happened and he never got back on track. But something we've discussed quite a bit, I know you cite this all the time, his prowess in winning board battles in the North Division season and how that kind of evaporated mm-hmm. the past couple of years. It's not like he here's the thing with Brock, it's not like we're asking him to do something he's never done before. Yeah. Like and, and again, like he's not gonna score goals perhaps at the rate he showed as a rookie. So I'm not asking him to be a four, you know, on pace for forty goals, but asking him to be a guy who's engaged in board battles and wins them more regularly and can come off create offense off of that. It's not asking him something he's never done before, is he's incapable of doing. It's a big season for Brock Besser. I think we uh we all know that and we're ready to see how it works with him and JT Miller this time around. All right. Noah Juleson is up next. He started day one next to Quinn Hughes. Uh, today, he was not playing with Quinn Hughes. He was playing with Akito Hirose on day two of camp, and Carson Soucy went back up to play with Quinn Hughes. But um, it's obvious that there is a spot, or there's potentially a spot, for Noah Juleson with a lack of right-shot defensemen on the NHL roster right well, now. Talk had mentioned that if he, if he could have a righty-lefty pair, he'd love to have that. Yeah. But you have to try everything. And he mentioned he has to be convinced for a lefty and a lefty to work together. Now, today, you have Susie, Skate with Hughes, which are two lefties, and we'll see what Coach has to say about that, whether he thinks that's something that, you know, they can keep building on or, or something that they feel like is a real option. But every single coach in the league would prefer to have a righty-lefty match. And considering, you know, the dearth of lefty righty defensemen they have, that's why even Jet Wu's getting a bit of a look. A guy like Cole McCord even got a bit of a look. We know Myers is pretty much shooing to be on the roster, but if Noah Juleson can really, um, if he can really showcase his abilities and be the best righty defenseman in camp, like he has a real chance to break camp with the team. It's uh, Noah Juleson on uh, the Abbotsford Canucks last year, played a massive role, and then towards the end of the season did get some time with Quinn Hughes. Uh, let's welcome him in. We start off asking him, what's happening? Oh, not much. Just got off the ice, second yeah. skate, so everything's good so far. How's uh, how's the first couple of days of training camp been for you? Yeah, I think, uh, well, we had testing, obviously, first day, and then we came over here. Um, 
yesterday's skate, just kind of get into it, I felt. And then today, I think uh, everyone felt a little better out there, and slowly we're progressing, I think. Well, you know, you've been you've been here a few camps now, and this year it seems like after signing a new deal, you're getting a bigger look in certain areas. Yesterday, you got a chance to skate with Quinn Hughes, had a chance to play with them. Last year, I know the coaching staff, especially Adam Foote, has been very glowing about your game. How do you feel confidence-wise and the opportunity you see here in Vancouver this time around? Yeah, I think obviously I signed back here for a reason. I think there's there could be a spot for me, so I think coming to camp, I just got to work hard and, and play the same game I played at the end of the year. Obviously, it, it got me there and got me there for a reason, so I think that's the, the biggest thing, and you know, in the end, whatever is going to happen is going to happen. They're looking for a guy to play with Huggy right now, and we'll, we'll see who it is in the end. What, uh, you know, it worked pretty well with you and, and Huggy towards the end of the season. What was it like getting uh, to play with him and, and starting to build that chemistry? Yeah, I, I think for me, it was just get it get it in his hands. Obviously, he's a, he's a top D-man in the league, one of the best, so I think for me, it was get it to him and then support him. Obviously, uh, he does what he does, but the odd time, maybe he turns it over and it comes back our way. And, you know, I'm the support system behind him. So I think that was kind of the the main thing for me and also try to create space for him. You know, dive in, try to get someone to come with me, create some room for him. So I think that was the biggest thing. Well, you've had uh, quite the journey throughout the league now. I mean, you were a high draft that you had to work hard and stick with it to kind of get back to this level. Yeah. What's the biggest thing you've kind of learned through that time to bring you here now where you feel like you could take advantage of an opportunity like this? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is just sticking around and sticking to it day to day. Obviously, not looking too far ahead and, and too far behind. You know, yesterday was whatever it was, and we've moved on to today. So I think that's the biggest thing. Obviously, um, you don't want to look too far ahead. I think that's another thing. Like like I said there, um, but just sticking with it day to day, and you know, working as hard as you can every day to to show the staff and everyone else that that you want to be here and stay here. And you know, the NHL is kind of like a no mistake league. Right? Yeah, you, you kind of learn that as you mature as an older player. Is yeah. that how it's sort of developed for you? Yeah, for sure. I think. Uh, like you said, no mistakes would be would be amazing yeah. for, for every game. But obviously, you're gonna have a few hiccups here and there. But I think it's you know it's you can make one mistake, but if it's two, three, four in that same shift, that's when things start breaking down. So I think the the biggest thing is you you know you make a mistake, it's gonna happen. It always happens, but it's just how you recover from that right after that mistake to move on. When what has it been like working with the coaching staffs? Obviously, with, with Colleton down in Abbotsford last year, and with the group that they have here now, there seems to be real alignment in terms of how that group wants to play and how you guys want to play up here. What was it like being able to work with those guys to get you ready for this opportunity? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the coaching staff we have in Abbey is, is amazing. Obviously, they're uh, guys who like to teach and they're players, coaches, and, you know, they, they like to have fun with us. So I think that's a huge thing is you, you come to the rink every day feeling comfortable and, and excited to work for those guys. You know, obviously, there's other teams where I'm sure it's a little different. Um, but then you get your opportunities, you know, you get called up and, and you're ready. They make sure you're ready. They've taught you the little things. They've showed you the little things. They've built your game to where you think it should be and where they think it should be for the next level. So I think that was a, a huge part down there. And then obviously the coaching staff in Van, they've been, you know, unbelievable. They're great communicators, all of them. And, you know, they'll take the time to, you know, sit with you one-on-one and then just work through clips, whatever it may be, show you a few things that can help you and, and so on. What is it like to get a chance to work with guys like Adam Foote and Sergey Gonchar? We're sitting now chatting with Gonchar and us growing up, you watch these guys since they were kids and stuff and mean two great defensemen. Is a message almost, does it have more weight when it comes from those guys and the th- stuff that they tell you? Yeah, for sure. Obviously, they were, you know, two all-time NHLers. Um, obviously, you want to you wanna take everything they're saying, just soak it up like a sponge and, and go from there. But I think at the end of the day, they're, they're just humans, right? Everyone thinks, oh, it's so starstruck. But yeah. at the end of the day, they're our coaches, and they're just trying to teach us to get us to be as good as we can be. Has, has coming home helped you in your career? Yeah, you know what? When I got traded from Florida to here, I wasn't sure about it at the start. Uh, you know, obviously, I think I was 24 then. I'm 26 now, so yeah. Um, and I was a little on the fence of how it was going to go and so on. You know, I had been hurt before that and played only a couple games because COVID in Florida. 
And then uh, I came here and, you know, I talked to RJ and he just said, go play. Like, you've missed quite a bit of time. Go have fun. Go enjoy the game again. And everything else will take care of itself from there. And, you know, I really took that to heart. And I was like, this this could be my shot. And I kind of just ran with it from there. As far as uh, get, what was what, what did you what did you get up to in the off season for downtime in terms of like just clearing your head at times and also just kind of preparing yourself? I I just went home after the season. Um, I had my wife's brother's university graduation, then her brother's high school graduation, and then uh, we got married. And then after that, I'm like, I don't want to leave the house for a bit. Right. So I did that, and then I came to then uh, I think it was in June, end of June, and just started training uh, with the guys who were who were here at the time. So pretty busy off season then for you. Yeah, the, the first month was busy. Yeah, but after that it settled down and we got to relax a little more. That's awesome, uh, Noah. Really appreciate your time. All the best this season. Yeah, thank you guys. There is Noah Juleson here on Canucks Central and a big part of the decor potentially for the Vancouver Canucks. Those last few roster spots are very much up for grabs. Our next guests does have an outside shot at the roster. Sat our Steve Baines. Um, there's a lot of people that like a lot of what Arsteep Baines has brought to the table since signing with the Vancouver Canucks. A smart hockey player, uh, a guy who whose effort level is is second to none. I mean, he works his butt off. He's not afraid of going to the right areas. And his skill set is, is I want to say he's up this this high-end skill set guy, but he's not an average skill guy. Like, he has yeah. a little bit of, he has some actual game to him. The biggest question has been his pace. So far in training camp, and all we can judge on is what we've seen in training camp, he does not look like he has any issues keeping up with the pace. Now, the pace goes up another level in the preseason, then the regular season goes up even higher, and that's where, you know, you really yeah. have to judge him. And considering, you know, some of the injuries here, you know, Noel Mikheyev, for instance, right? We're not quite sure what the status is um, with Hoaglander and Colson making the team. We know Hoaglander's probably going to be on the team because of his waiver situation. But if Colson doesn't quite show it and Colson doesn't quite get that top six spot and Colson maybe looking at a third or fourth line spot, then all of a sudden, I mean, there's a chance for Baines to maybe break camp with the team. Like there is an opportunity there for him, especially when we're comparing guys playing bottom six roles because, yeah. you know, he's playing with some legitimate guys here in training camp. One of the uh, very obvious things that this team wants uh, and how they are looking to build out their lines, they kind of want a blue collar lunch pail guy on every line. Yeah. <laughs> That's why PDG has had some success with... Uh, with Rick Tockett as head coach, they want Nils Hoglander to be more of that guy, get in on the forecheck, win pucks, yeah. and get it to your line mates, which at the start of camp for Hoglander have been um, Elias Pettersson and Andre Kuzmenko. Baines can be that type of a player, a structure player that really works in that type of a role. Let's get to it. Here is uh, Arsteep Baines on Canucks Central. We start asking him, how's it going? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks for coming out it's uh first day of training camp how are you feeling right now i feel good i think uh some of the guys got a chance to play in penticton so it was nice to get out there and you know kind of get ready for this and get in some game action give you a little head start uh coming into today yeah exactly i think we we're pretty much uh, ready to go since the start and now uh just looking forward to getting this going and having a good time how much different does it feel for you coming to camp this year, having a year under your belt at the AHL level and, and getting a chance already to, you know, skate with Suter and Garland? Like, how much different does it feel for you this time around being at camp? Yeah, for sure. I think it's, uh, it's a nice feeling coming back, uh, you know, what you got to do and kind of expectations and having those great linemates. It's been, uh, it's been a blast already and I'm really excited to move forward. 
how was it preparing yourself over the summer? You have the the playoff run with Abbotsford. You take some some time to hang out with family and then get yourself ready for for training camp here today. Yeah, for sure. It, uh, we had a really good uh, little run at the end of uh, end of the season. I know we wanted to go a little bit further, but uh, it was good hockey, important hockey to play there. And I think a lot of guys learned how to play in playoff hockey in, in Abbotsford and throughout the summer training with the Canucks and in Rogers Arena was really good with all the staff and the trainers and the. Uh, just having everything ready there, food, everything. It was a really nice summer, and it was something I never experienced before. So as a local guy, do, like, the new incoming players, whether it's Abbotsford or whoever else, so, like, are they leading on you to find out where the best spots are around around these town, around town? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, mostly there's base, me and Juleson really the only two guys from uh, from around there. So uh, there's a lot of veteran guys coming back for sure, but the new guys, I'm uh, looking forward to, you know, showing them the ropes if that's, uh, if that's, if that's what they need. You mentioned last year you had a chance to play in the AHL, and as the season grew, all your role grew, and you did better and better as time went on. And obviously, you know, we got a chance to watch you from home, watching you play in Penticton. It seems like your pace was a bit higher as well. What was your offseason like, and how do you feel physically for where you're heading this season? Yeah, like I said, I think uh, it was a really important offseason. I think it was a big part of my development is to make sure that uh, in the offseason I get stronger and faster because uh, on ice stuff, I feel like uh, I can compete, play hard, and you know, kind of have the skills in the mental game. So it was important to train hard in the summer to get ready for the season, and uh, I think we did a good job of that. How would you describe your game? Like when you're when you're on, when you're feeling good, what what is going right for you? Yeah, when I'm when I'm uh, when I'm on and feeling good for sure, having the puck, uh, making the right plays, being a smart player, someone reliable, uh, learn to play. Really, uh, how do I say this? Like very uh, structured, very like reliable. The coach can trust me, and it's. Something that I grew to kind of love last season is just being a reliable guy, whether it's in the PK, if they need me at the end of the game. So just adding those uh, parts to my game was really important, and I think uh, it's really uh, you know kind of clicking now. And in terms of that structure, what you guys do in Abbotsford and what happens here, it, it seems like there's real alignment with how you guys play there and how the big club is trying to play. Yeah, for sure. Starting right now, I think the the structure that uh, Taka wants to build up in uh, Vancouver we're learning the systems here. Jeremy, our head coach in Abbotsford, is learning um, the systems as well. We're trying to make sure that uh, this jump up is, is as smooth as possible to make sure that you're you're ready to go. Same systems, and it's a, it's a strong structure. You talk about you know getting stronger and faster, but faster isn't just necessarily like how fast you are on the ice. It's you know playing fast as well. Like how do you get to that next level where you know you've done well at the AHL level now? And then there's another uptick in pace to get to the next level. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of speed in. Uh, the way you can handle pucks, make plays, take the game. And there's, there's a lot of aspects just from the HL to the NHL level. And I think that's uh, important in your first year. You learn that, you know, the guys like DiGiuseppe and Rathbone, all these guys getting called up and you see what, uh, you know, they do from in the American League to get that opportunity. It's it's like, it's a good, exciting thing to see that, uh, you know, that ever, there's call-ups all the time in the American League and these guys are super fast, smart hockey players. So it's, it's a really nice uh, system we have here. Have you had a chance to pick the Sedin's brain being out on the ice with them. I know Daniel was out with the second group here. Have you had a chance to, you know, work with those guys? And what is that like having grown up here, seeing those guys and, and now being kind of taught certain things by them? Yeah, exactly. I mean, since day one, they've been, you know, the nicest, most uh, passionate people that are part of this organization. And they always are looking to help us out, always there for us. And they they have tips for every single thing. And that's why they're, they're Hall of Famers. And it's really lucky that we get to, you know, that they're around us. And then Penticton, they're right there. They're every step of the way there with us. So it's really nice. What's uh, what's the goal for this year? Are we going to see you get your first NHL game? Yeah, that's obviously that's obviously every kid dream. I think uh, yeah, that's hopefully I can you know find my way through and hopefully that could happen. All right, Steve, we really appreciate your time. All the best this season. Thank you.
There is R. Steve Baines here on uh, on Canucks Central and uh player that's got a lot of opportunity here at Canucks Camp. There's still more to come. You're listening. Dan Richo, Satyar Shah, Canucks Central. Big opinions and good bets. It's the People's Show with Bick Nazar. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back in on Canucks Central, it is Dan Richo and Satyar Shah here at the Mobile Kintech Studio. Coming up, we have uh, Ada McDonough, who started out at the uh, at the Young Stars Tournament, scored his first NHL goal in the brief appearance we saw him at the end of the season. It's a really interesting add to a deepening forward group for this Canucks organization. Yeah, and a guy who has certain traits, we know this front office does value. Now, he wasn't a guy this front office drafted, obviously, but they're the front office that signed him to a contract once uh, he finished the season at Northeastern. And it is that he he's a goal-scoring winger who's got a good release. Yeah. And not only does he have a good release, one thing he has exhibited really well so far in the six games he played and also in the Youngsters tournament, he knows how to find open space. And when you have a player who maybe not the fastest, but always seems to be open and doesn't seem like he has trouble following the play, it tells you about the level of intellect that he has, right? Yeah. And I think those are the things that stand out. And what impressed me the most, because we knew even him, he himself said, I got to get quicker. I got to get faster. That's one thing I got to work on. And we kind of said, all right, well, that's clearly something you have to improve because it's so hard to keep up at a higher pace. But if you process well, if you understand the game and you understand the value of finding open space, well, you can find yourself in, in a lot of goal-scoring areas and opportunities. And that's one thing he's exhibited very well already. Scored three goals at uh, Young Stars. And, you know, there's high hopes for Aiden McDonough. Now, maybe he starts the year in Abbotsford, but he's definitely on the radar mm-hmm. for a role on this team. And you know, that's been one of the conversations here at camp is just how much this forward group is deepening with more options for this team. You have McDonough, you have Arsteep Baines, you have Linus Carlson. Yeah. I mean, there, there just seems to be a lot more here than there had been in, in previous years. No, it, it certainly does, right? I mean, it seems now whether whether the depth they have ends up being quality, they have a number of guys you're intrigued by and guys like, all right, let's see what they have. And at the very least, they seem to be players that if they play games for you, they're not going to hurt you. They're not going to cost your game. They're not going to be players that are a drag to what you're trying to accomplish. And even, okay, that's not a bar to say, okay, this organization is now has this great depth and these players are going to be all fantastic and this is all great, but having guys that can credibly play games for you without lowering your your floor significantly is a huge help. I mean, instead of losing a game, you can just be in a game. And that's the kind of difference margin, on the margins that can help you perhaps be a playoff team because inevitably, Dan, injuries are going to happen, right? You're going to hit ruts. So do you have guys who can come up and at least let you get through that? And it seems like they have a few guys that can at least be intriguing in that sense. Well, without further ado, here is uh, our conversation with Canucks forward Ada McDonough. We start off asking him how he's doing. Not much, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. Good to be here. Yeah, good to have you. It's, uh, it's day two, but it's been kind of like a week for you going back to uh, Penticton. What's what's all this been like for you? Yeah, it's been uh, been eye-opening for sure. First time uh, kind of going through this, uh, you know, rookie camp and main camp. It's uh, it's a lot, but it's a lot of fun. It's, um, you know, we kind of prepare all summer for for just, you know, these few weeks into the season. And, um, you know, it's kind of bittersweet that it's here. 
Uh, what are the, uh, how much do you feel like the Young Stars tournament and meeting up for that kind of prepared you for what to expect here? Uh, helped me a ton. Um, you know, on the ice and off the ice. I think on the ice, uh, you know, getting some hard practices in as a group, uh, playing games, getting hit, facing game-like situations, yeah. uh, you know, playing D-zone, things that you, you know, you don't really face in summer skates. Um, and then you get your legs um, pretty quickly after the first game or two um, in Penticton, you know, your legs kind of start to feel back to normal. Um, so when you come here, you know, obviously the the pace and the, the players, uh, you know, step up a little bit, but it's, you know, you're already a bit more comfortable. And then off the ice, it was great. I mean, I know, obviously I was here last year, but um, to meet and get to know a lot more guys around your age and, and uh, similar position and kind of go through rookie camp and training camp with them helps a lot too. So it's, it's great for both ends. First day of training camp, uh, as you mentioned, first year going through this process. I mean, is it a little bit deer in headlights? Or are you kind of like, oh, oh, this is it? Yeah, it's, it's um, I mean, obviously having the experience of last spring helps a lot. Um, but training camp is kind of a, a bit of a different animal. Um, you know, end of the season, you know, you know you're kind of going to be in the lineup or you're kind of fighting for a spot. Um, and then this, you show up and there's 60 guys and, everyone's gunning for each other and um you know you 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 want to make a really good impression yeah um there's kind of no more excuses of okay it's your first couple games or um you know it's your first time out of your new system this and that like you know now you're expected to to know what to do and where to be um so it's a little bit more but i think as athletes and as competitors this is kind of what we thrive off of and um i think for me hopefully just I just want to continue to keep on getting better, you know, every day. And um, I thought I was better today than I was yesterday. So let's just hopefully keep it going like that. I remember we talked to you after you signed and, and came over last year. You mentioned the things you wanted to work on and, you know, want to get a little bit quicker and everything. But it didn't seem like your quickness was an issue in the six games you did play. You found some, in the soft areas, got some scoring chances. How much did that help prepare you to get ready for this uh, off season, get ready for the season and knowing how you can fit in? Yeah, I think, um, you know, that's something that, I've always been trying to work on, um, you know, for a long time. And it's kind of been probably the biggest knock on my game that people say I need to work on my skating. And, um, you know, I didn't notice it too much last spring, but I did notice how fast the game is and how, how quickly things play out. So that was probably one of the main focuses this summer. It's, it's obviously getting used to playing at a faster pace, but that's not only skating with it, but moving the puck and making reads and, uh, anticipating plays like it's not just moving your feet mm-hmm. to play, play fast there's a lot of other factors that go into it um so kind of learning how to do that uh, i think will, will help me but i focused a lot this summer on on my skating and my you know my sprinting and, and getting faster and, and trying to get a, a step two or a step or two quicker and um so far in, in training camp it, in in penticton you know i haven't really had a time where i felt like you know my skating has been you know hurting me obviously if i could skate like McDavid, I think it would, be, <laughs> it would be a lot more fun, and uh, I feel a lot better about there. But um, you know, I feel I feel comfortable. I think it's uh, some of the other things now that I'm gonna have to continue to work on. You know, wall play. You know, below the dots, um, being reliable in the defensive zone, um, being stronger on pucks. Like those are the things now that as you take that step to the next level, it's, it's you kind of have to hone in on. You know, foot speed is one thing. It's you know, you can get to the gym, you can do some things, work with a skating coach, do some things to try and increase that. But your processing speed, how? How do you go about building that up to the point where, you know, it can succeed at the highest level? Yeah, reps. I think reps um, in practice, reps in games, um, and in learning. Because um, there's a lot of reads that I thought I made that were fine before I get to the NHL. And then you right. see how much faster it goes in the NHL. And you have to be even one more step quicker, not only your feet, but in your mind. Like you have to know, you have to be anticipating before, like far before things start to develop. So that just comes with learning and experience. Um 
you know, there's some guys that can obviously do it very naturally because they have that foot speed. So their foot speed helps them process the game. But I think if you have to, if it's your foot speed isn't, you know, all world, then you have to learn how to process the game. And that takes time. Um, I think if anytime you make a a level jump from, you know, juniors to college, college to pro, there's going to be a, you know, a time of, you know, where everything feels like it's going a million miles an hour. And then once you get used to processing, anticipating, then, you know, you start to feel better. Well, you mentioned anticipation. I think that really stands out, you know, in the young stars, obviously, but even going back to last year, you always were able to find open space around the net. Is it, it's almost a simple, not simple, but you just kind of think of it that way of instead of overthinking things, anticipate where the openings happen, because there's going to be open space no matter what system a team plays. Yeah, for sure. I think, I mean, if you look at the best goal scorers, they're the ones that get open the most and can receive a pass and shoot a puck from any any angle. And, um, you know, I always heard like Brett Hollow didn't have the best shot. He had, he was the best at receiving passes. Um, you know, Austin Matthews finds, you know, ice in the ozone better than almost anybody. Um, you know, Petey does it really well. So I think being able to put yourself in a position to then use the abilities that, you know, you can kind of hone in on. Like, you know, for me, it's the shot. Um, you kind of always have to think like, I, in the ozone, like I particularly don't love having it on my stick. Right. No. Like I, I like going down there and making plays, but in a perfect world, someone has it in the corner and I'm trying to find a place to get open. And I think um, that's something that I think you can can kind of learn and, and figure out on your own. And the spacing so important there, right? Yes. Because like, especially when overloads and stuff happen and people go over, there's always going to be a soft spot open and, and you don't want to almost be too close to the play. You want to be able to find the open space and create space for your teammates by going somewhere different. Yeah, I think exactly. I think like, you look at that, look at some of the goal scores. I mean, a lot of this is watching hockey. I mean, I grew up loving to watch hockey and, um, you know, I like watching video and, and learning about stuff like that. But even, you know, you think about, so if like, if everyone's over here chasing the puck, then, you know, maybe you might want to pop off a little bit and give yourself a little space where if that puck pops out, then you would give yourself a chance to, to look at, have a good look at the net and then also not be in a position where you're kind of a liability defensively that you're not cheating. So there's a fine line, but, um, but you know, I love playing like, give and go hockey that's that's you know i think that's like a big part of my game i love to give it and get open um try to find soft spots in the ice um and i think that's what the nhl is it's, it's give and go type of game it's not no one's logging the puck yeah. around and, and no one's dumping it in too much it's kind of give and you know get open how was uh how was the off season where'd you spend it i spent it at home um my dad and i uh in milton mass it was good i went home right after uh, vancouver graduated from college um so that was nice to spend some time <laughs> with uh you know the teammates the family um yeah kind of you know check off that that bucket list and, and kind of move forward into you know hopefully a, you know a long career and um spent home working out in uh, Foxborough Mass Brian McDonough is a you know pretty famous trainer not no relation but pretty famous trainer in uh, Boston and uh, a good group of guys there and, and skating around in Foxborough so it was great I had a good time played a little golf um early in the summer and then you know pretty you know felt pretty dialed in and you know now I feel pretty good uh, I know you and Jack go back and you know Jack Rathbone really well but with your time here the last little bit have you been able to kind of build some more like friendships with some guys on the team I have I think that's something that I really thought about um is that like I have will always have him as you know one of my best friends Mm -hmm. um you know when we we came out together early um we we got an Airbnb together but you know he's been here for three or four years already so he has his friends Mm -hmm. um and I don't want to kind of be like the tag along guy that's (laughs) always like oh when they invite bones to dinner and then I show up you know like I think I want to establish my own relationships with guys and um, so I've tried to give him a little bit of space, uh, being in a different skating group helps, you know, we're not roommates. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been, been nice. Cause like worst case, I always have him to climb on to, but I, I want to develop uh, my own relationships and, uh, you know, get to know guys as well. So, and it was pretty surreal to both be on the ice for your first NHL goal. Hey, that was insane. Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, something that I don't think, uh, you know, 
we people always talk about it to us and we you know we always say like yeah it was crazy but i think that's something that um you know our parents or even just looking back we we're playing hockey together as mites and like we could have never dreamt of it like that um and just to think that it, it happened i think that's something that you know 40 years down the road we'll hopefully be you know finishing around in golf one day and look at each other and be like how, how the hell that happened you know Aiden, we really appreciate your time. All the best this year. Yeah, thank you guys. Appreciate it. There is Ada McDonough joining us here, tableside at Savon Foods Memorial Center. Uh, really insightful. Like, wasn't afraid to really share where he wants to improve his game set. Uh, where is he most comfortable? On the ice or yeah. off the ice with a, with a camera or a microphone in front of him? I mean, for for a kid who's obviously, I mean, he's not a young kid. He's gone to college, he's graduated, like he mentioned. Obviously an educated player who has some confidence and growth. But for guys to be that comfortable already, I mean, it's it's pretty impressive. And, and I think that kind of also translates over to how he plays on the ice, having the understanding and the confidence. And that takes you a long way. It's a, a, a priority or a trait that um, this organization seems to be prioritizing is processing speed among the players that they uh, are trying to develop and the players that they try to acquire. Yeah, and it's so important. I mean, of course, like he mentioned, he'd love to be like Connor McDavid. You'd love to go add players like that, but you're not going to very often. You're not going to be able to find the guy that has everything. So how do you find players, especially guys who are undrafted, drafted later, or players who are kind of tweeners who haven't had an opportunity yet? You really value intelligence. And we saw that the organization really value hockey IQ in the draft this past year with the profile of players that they drafted. Having a player who's smart and at least meets a baseline of ability it's likely that that guy gives you something down the road as opposed to going with somebody who's toolsy but hasn't shown any ability to put that together either with his play or his intelligence. And, you know, it seems like McDonough, at least based on these conversations and what we've seen so far, has a bit of that. Well, our next guest uh, has a role that seems pretty obvious for this roster. Teddy Bluger was uh, a part of the Vegas Golden Knights organization but didn't play many games during their Stanley Cup run. I've long been a part of the Pittsburgh Penguins organization and mm-hmm. got his first NHL games when Jim Rutherford was the general manager of that organization. It's pretty clear he's here to serve as a defensive centerman for this group, and it's something that's really eluded them the last number of years, whether it was Curtis Lazar or, you know, ever since they lost Jay Beagle, they kind of lost that fourth line Mm-mm. penalty kill type that can really be relied on in those sorts of situations. And I mean, if, if Teddy Bluger comes in and he is a defensive player they want him to be and he helps out on the PK, it's mission accomplished. Yeah. However, he signed over here on a one-year deal for $1.9 million when he could have probably got a little bit more or maybe a bit more term elsewhere because he believes there's more to his game. And if he's able to provide a little bit more... It sets them up for the next contract, whether it's here or elsewhere. But if he's able to do that, that's what I'm intrigued by. You know, we know what he can do, and I feel good about adding that type of player to this organization, which they need, clearly have needed. But if he adds a little bit of offense to his game, how much bigger of a difference maker does that become as a third or fourth line center? He's played with uh, Anthony Beauvillier and Phil DiGiuseppe for these first two days of camp. Here is Canucks forward Teddy Bluger on Canucks Central. We start off asking him how he's doing. It's going great. Thanks. How are you guys? Oh, we're doing well. How's uh, how's been the uh, you know life change to coming out to the West Coast and living in Vancouver? Yeah, it's been a lot of change the last couple of weeks, obviously, but uh, it's been great. I've enjoyed it. Uh, the guys have been awesome. It's been awesome meeting everyone, um, enjoying some good weather. Um, so it's been great. Yeah, just getting used to the new surroundings. 
Well, I mean, you've played for a couple of really good teams last year with Vegas, obviously, but going through the Pittsburgh organization, and we know with Alvin and Rutherford having been from there, they, they talk so much about details, systems play, and, and really honing in on, in on those things. Has that really been the focus of these first two days at camp here? Yeah, oh, for sure. I think uh, focus been just kind of foundational stuff, uh, mm-hmm. good habits, um, a lot of little things that, that you don't see on the box score necessarily, but um, just kind of trying to establish that mindset throughout the whole team and um, getting everyone to buy in and, and, and figuring that out. So yeah, that's been a big focus so far. How has camp felt for you, how you're fitting in with the new group and, uh, where you see yourself lining up, lining up right now? Yeah. I mean, it's been good. I mean, the guys have been awesome. Um, obviously, you know, first couple of days of camp are a little bit hectic, uh, a little bit of anxiety for the guys and stuff. And, um, I think, you know, some of the, some of the play is a little chaotic, you know, a lot of guys haven't played together and, um, you know, guys are trying to get their timing back from the summer. So, uh, I think there's a little bit of that, but I think guys are competing hard and, and working hard. And I think, uh, yeah, it's been good, you know, to play at full speed, kind of full physicality, all those little things, kind of get back on it, get the feel for it back. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it, it's been good. I think, you know, for me, it's, it's, I think it's great that it's not in Vancouver that we're on the road, you know, you're going out to dinner with the guys, just spending more time together. I think as a new guy, that probably helps, uh, getting to know everyone a little better. You've had a chance to skate with Anthony Bavillier and Phil Giuseppe uh, the last couple of days, especially today. How how's it like building some chemistry with those guys? Yeah, it's been great. I mean, they're both great. Um, you know, with Bo, obviously, I played against him a lot against the Islanders. We've been seeing division for a while, so I know he's a quick skilled player. Um, so, yeah, it's just been nice to kind of give him the puck and, and see what he can do with it. And, and Phil's, you know, fast, great shot, um, great protect, puck protection. So, um, you know, obviously... It, we haven't been in like a full five on five situation too much, but I think it's been good. And, you know, I've enjoyed skating with those guys. What was your, what was your focus in the summer to, to get yourself prepared for this year? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, focusing on, you know, some, some offensive, uh, offensive side of my game a little bit. I, th- I think, you know, holding on to the puck a little better, um, trying to create more space for myself in the offensive zone to not feel rushed, uh, more, more under pressure. Um, you know, just fine-tuning some details. Um, obviously, off, off the ice, kind of uh, trying to get the body ready. Um, you know, some explosiveness, speed work, like that, stuff like that. So, um, I mean, there's plenty of areas to work on, but I'd say probably out of all the things, those are kind of more of the emphasis. How have you developed your off-season regimen? Like, how much have you learned since you were a younger player just breaking into the league compared to now? Yeah, a lot. I mean, it's changed a ton. Um you know, I've been fortunate that uh, you surround by some great people and, and trainers along the way and stuff. So you're kind of um, figuring out what works best, what what helps you feel the best throughout the year. I think, um, you know, you're maybe kind of asking a lot of questions from different guys in the league that are um, that are in the same area. You know what they've done in the past, especially guys that have been around a lot. Um, some things that have helped them, um, you know, throughout their careers, I think. Uh, you know, early on, I was just doing a ton of stuff as much as I can. You know, I was working out, doing yoga, doing Pilates, skating, all this stuff in one day. And I think that kind of adjusted and prioritized the stuff that I need specifically more more for hockey and um, focus a little bit on just like keeping the body healthy because it's a long year and um, a lot of games. So I think you, you try to, you know, obviously get better and work, but at the same time, make sure you're fresh for the year, um, especially to start out. So um adjusted that way i think you find you know the on ice stuff as as your kind of game develops you you know you you find weaknesses you work on them you know maybe something becomes a strength so you go on to the next thing and prioritizing things like that so 
um, for sure. I mean, every year that goes by, you learn more and more. And, um, you know, nowadays there's so many resources out there and so many different things that, that people are doing. And, um, you know, I think we're fortunate to have access to a lot of those, whether it's through the, you know, the organizations or, um, some private stuff. So it's been good. You mentioned the stuff you want to work on offensively a bit, but it's no secret that the strength of your game has been your two-way game, playing on the PK, really strong in the face-off circle. But something I remember we discussed when you first signed over the phone was your offensive ability, especially goal scoring, is maybe a bit underrated because every year, I mean, last year was a bit of a tough year in that sense, but every other year, the pace hasn't been hit because you've had some injuries and things have happened, but you can score goals at a decent Do you feel like that's a bit of an underrated skill that you have that you can maybe showcase a bit more? I mean, yeah, I'd like to. I think, you know, that's something I've thought a lot about. And I think, you know, being on pace is good, but it's not quite getting there. Yeah. So I think especially after last year, that's definitely, um, you know, a point of emphasis. And obviously there's different ways to, different ways to do that. I think, you know, obviously the obvious would be, you know, work on your shot, this and that. But I mean, at the same time, I think, you know, you watch the video and, and some of the places where goals are scored and, you know, guys are just in the right place at the right time. So some positional things, I think. Um, just kind of rethinking your game a little bit where you're at and on the ice, um, kind of different approaches, but I think, yeah, for sure. I mean, um, that's something I need to get better at. And obviously, you know, some stuff that I kind of worked on in the summer for sure. And we talked so much about the penalty kill, you know, it's going to be a big part of, uh, the start to the season, which is of course uh, big for this organization, the way the last couple of years have gone, but, um, you know, PKs and, and specifically draws on the PK, it's, it's tough to even be. 50 percent in those uh what is it that makes it so tough to win those draws on a consistent rate yeah well i mean obviously usually the top guys you know the top players on the other team tend to be pretty good at draws and they get to pick the side that they're going on right so um you know kind of already an advantage to them and then obviously being in a d zone um the way the newer rules are you're a little bit of a disadvantage as far as like when you go down and things like that um so, I mean, you're kind of behind the eight ball to start with. Um, Bergeron used to be a guy that, I, I know Tavares has mentioned this, he liked to go down first. He actually preferred to go yeah. down first. Do you, yeah. you prefer the other way around? I usually prefer the other way around, yeah, but, I mean, that's that's Bergeron. <laughs> yeah, there's not many of those. Well, yeah, I think he was okay. Yeah, yeah, he was pretty good. He, he wasn't bad, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he had his technique down, and, you know, he was obviously extremely successful um, at it. So it's obviously, you know, that's kind of, the top top level of of that skill set and uh um so yeah i mean i think i'd love to get there someday but um yeah so i think you know those little things kind of put you behind the the eight ball and then yeah i mean that's probably it i mean it's just you know like the the percentages aren't it's not a huge if you think about it right winning 55 percent of your face-offs or 50 it's you know out of 20 face-offs it's like one or two draws right? right so it's not like necessarily a massive difference but in the percentage it kind of shows up so i think that's kind of how it goes yeah teddy we uh, really appreciate your time uh thanks for this all the best this year yeah awesome thank you guys back in on canuck central as we uh, wrap up day two here at save on foods memorial center we'll be back uh, tomorrow 10 to 1 live show we'll have the scrimmage brendan bachelor will have the play-by-play of that and uh, the canucks We believe the plan is to start working on some special teams drills. But as day two wraps up, Sat, structure is the name of the game here through the first two days of camp in Victoria. All about the details, man. It's making sure that they hone in on these things. 
So we don't have any discussions as the year goes on about their lack of systems play, their lack of attention to detail. It takes time to build that muscle memory and you better start it as early as possible. And this is only like the first few days into camp, right? Like this is going to be have to be something that they hone in on continually throughout preseason, more practices and heading into the season. But it's very clear that the focus is on, we're not going to have excuses about guys not knowing what to do and what the expectations are in certain circumstances and situations. Yeah, there isn't going to be uh, any of that. So as far as individual uh, assessments go, very difficult to do, given that a lot of the drills have been very team-oriented, um, you know, focused on building out their breakouts uh, for the defensemen, working on their retrievals, and a lot of those team-type of drills. Uh, we'll see who the bigger performers are, and maybe you'll start to see a little bit more of the standouts as the scrimmage gets going tomorrow, and then we get into games on Sunday, Seth. Yeah, and it's going to be a continuation of seeing, okay, these are the things they honed in on, and I'm not looking at results, really. One of the things we they were lacking in the preseason was just this level of lacking of seriousness that they had. Yeah. Their attention to detail was very poor, and it's like, it was very much shinny hockey. We had Brock on earlier. You heard how he kind of mentioned it's not just go out there and play shinny. It has to be deliberate. You have to have something to accomplish. And it's not just about the results. It's about how, you t- how you're tackling these situations to allow you to prepare yourself for the season. And are you t- doing the most in preparing yourself? And those are the things we're going to look at as soon as Sunday. It's uh, sort of the biggest thing that uh, the Canucks are trying to figure out is how to get going quickly. Have the... Sp- the smooth start to the season. That's what uh, has been so elusive for this organization for the last three years running. San Rico, Satyar Shah, back tomorrow from Savon Foods Memorial Center at 10 a.m. And uh, we'll have the scrimmage. We'll have everything that goes on for day three of camp here in Victoria. For producer Josh Elliott Wolf, my co-host Sat, I'm Dan. You've been listening to Canuck Central.